Welcome to MHM Podcast Network on MovieHouseMemories.com. Podcast for pod people. Our feature presentation begins now. You're listening to Lunchtime Movie Review from LunchtimeMovieReview.com. And we are the children of the 80s. Children of the 80s are back, and we're here to review one of our childhood favorites. I'm Patrick. I'm Greg. G'day, I'm Shane. And I'm Chris. All right, and we're this week we're talking about 1987's Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jesse Ventura, and Carl Weathers. But before that, a word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Arnie's All-Natural Mud Camo. Wet or dry, hot or cold, Arnie's All-Natural Mud Camo will help you blend in with the cool crowd. Our secret mix of nature's 10 toughest elements will protect you better than a bulletproof vest. Our smooth and creamy tropical mud spreads on quicker than you can say, get into the chopper. That's Arnie's <laughs> all-natural mud camo, available at all finer nature stores. For a second there, I thought you were doing an Arnold impersonator. Available everywhere. Uh, yeah, for a while there, that's all you heard. People were like playing that sound clip all the time. Well, he has—he's got a whole stable of sound clips that people play for him. But I guess that's his favorite one. That he—that's the <laughs> the his favorite line he's given in any any film. Get to the chopper. So <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. I think I'll be back is a better line, and he does it more often. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's true. Chris, you have the summary for us as well? Yeah, I do. You're a one-man wrecking crew this week. Someone's got to survive the alien and do it all. When local gorillas hold an American official hostage in the Valverde jungle, Dutch Schaefer and his team, along with former U.S. Army Colonel George Dillon, set out to rescue him. Once there, Team America finds a wrecked chopper and the body of three Special Forces men skinned alive. Or maybe they were dead first. Who knows at this point in the film? After the team takes out the gorillas, Dutch confronts Dylan about the mission. Dylan reveals the dead military unit disappeared weeks earlier in a failed rescue. They capture a female gorilla named Anna. And with their mission done, they prepare to leave. What the group doesn't know is that an alien from outer space is on vacation in the jungle, too, and he's looking to hunt anything with the capability to defend itself. And that means Team America. Anna manages to run from the group, and as Hawkins takes chase, the alien ambushes and kills him. It then drags Hawkins' body off as its trophy. While the team looks for Hawkins, the alien shoots and kills Blaine. Max spots the alien, which is cloaked, and he and the team shoot in its general direction, wasting valuable ammo in the process. But they (laughs) did manage to wound the thing. Later, when the alien steals Blaine's body as its prize, the group realizes the alien swings from tree to tree like Tarzan, so they make some terrarium traps during a quickie 80s montage. (laughs) The hunt continues, and the alien manages to kill Mac, Dylan, Billy, and Poncho. Dutch escapes with only a flesh wound. Since the alien only targets armed people, Dutch orders Anna to get to the chopper. Dutch stays to kill the alien, which he eventually does in one-on-one combat. He and Anna leave on the chopper together for a happy, happy ending. The end. All right. Predator and, was, and all happy endings, uh, there's no happier ending that ends in a mushroom cloud like this that's one. That's true. Oh. All right. Predator was released on June 12th, 1987, the same day as The Believers, Million Dollar Mystery, and The Witches of Eastwick, the same month as Roxanne, Spaceballs, uh, the previously reviewed Jean de Florette, because that's when you, you think, think of summer blockbuster, you think of Jean de Florette, and Full Metal Jacket. Grossed over $59 million in the box off, at the box office in the United States and over $98 million worldwide. Was the 12th highest grossing film of 1987, right behind Lethal Weapon, The Witches of Eastwick, and Dirty Dancing. And right in front of Throw Mama from the Train, Dragnet, and La Bamba. 
that was nominated. This is an Academy Award nominated film for Best Visual Effects, which it lost to Inner Space. The only other nominated film in that category was followed by, I will tentatively call them four sequels, even though some of them are kind of a bastardization of it. And a fifth one is set for release in August 2018. Nominated for the American Film Institute on two lists, 100 Years, 100 Thrills in 2001. It was nominated, didn't make the list. And 100 Years, 100 100 Heroes and Villains. Uh, The Predator was nominated as a villain, but didn't make it in 2003. Entertainment Weekly in 2007 had it as the 22nd highest or excuse me, 22nd greatest action movie of all time. 2009 had it 14th among the best Rock'em Sock'em movies of the last 25 years. IGN called it the 13th greatest film of all time. And 2008 Empire Magazine had it number 336 on their top 500 greatest films of all time. Rotten Tomatoes has it 78% critics and 87% audience. So that is the stats on Predator. Now... Who saw this one in the theater in nineteen eighty the summer of nineteen eighty seven? At least the summer to us. It was winter to to Shane back then. Uh Chris, did you see it in the theater? I'm pretty sure I did. Um I remember seeing this many times and um and and I think it was the the theater uh that I first saw it. Let's see. I'm I'm trying to remember. I I didn't see it in the theater. I know that. I'm sure I saw it on cable but i i remember i really enjoyed it the first time i saw it shane is it a well, little book <laughs> yes it's reviewed in my teenage little movie review book uh, i certainly did see it at the theater uh, it was released in australia on the 20th of august i saw it late august and uh, remember it well i was the prime age to really enjoy it and get into it and that i did Okay, when I saw this, I, I saw it in the theater. I, I remember I saw it on the 4th of July. I, I specifically remember the day of 1987 with a whole group of friends, and we all loved it at the time. I, I honestly have to say, although I'd seen Schwarzenegger films prior to this, I wouldn't say I was a Schwarzenegger fan until this film. And this film just seemed to be like the epitome of everything. And I know I, I'm, that, that's, I'm blaspheming here for Greg because I know how, I'm a huge fan of Conan the Destroyer. He is so that that I dare say that this is the epitome of uh, a, a Schwarzenegger film, but uh, even more so than Terminator. I liked Terminator a lot, but this film just was. I, I like he spoke. He actually had lines. He did something other than just walk men- menacingly through the scene. What were your initial impressions of Schwarzenegger at the time, Greg? Oh, I, I I agree with you. And I and looking back now, I think this is his best performance in any movie. Over, over Junior? Oh, that's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's understated, which I which is good. You know, some of his other roles, he's cracking jokes, and but I think this is this is his best performance because it he holds the film together, and he doesn't. I don't. I don't know how to put it, but he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't shit the bed. Well, yeah, yeah, and, and he, he doesn't chew up the scenery or anything like like he sometimes does. Which I, I know that's part of part of the the Arnold appeal is the guy with the German accent cracking jokes, you know, after beheading someone or something. But um, Austrian, well, yeah, Austrian, right? I know. <laughs> We're it's Americans; still, we still, don't know the difference still, between still Austrian German. and it. It's still German language, though. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think it's his best performance. And I liked it at the time. Shane, you seem to feel differently about that. Uh, I don't believe it's his best. Well, in, he's almost in perfect prime like condition. He's never looked better in a movie. The Running Man was the same year from memory, mm-hmm. and he looked pretty good in that. So obviously they were filmed maybe back-to-back or something. I know he didn't talk much in Terminator 2, Judgment Day, but I would have thought that was a little bit better than in acting than this uh this was good but this was more of a dirty dozen like war film so at least he only uh i think he only cracked the one joke which was mm-hmm. stick around like that Never. one one liner that i unless i missed others but uh, oh. that was a good thing how could you miss um, they, what they have you pushing too many pencils you know oh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah of course it's uh, toned yeah, down no. now 
I sort of agree with you. He is pretty good in this for what he has to do, but um, if it comes to acting, and there's very few movies that you'd say that his acting skills rise above anything that we're used to him doing, um, Terminator 2 is on par with this, if not a bit better for me. This one's pretty good because it's more of an ensemble cast. It doesn't rely on Arnold the whole time. And I think yeah. it does it a little bit better than Terminator in that regard. I, I mean, agree. the Terminator 2 ensemble cast is really not that great. I'm not going to go out on a limb and say Edward Furlong is a great actor. But I think that's why this one, uh, I think why it's so solid, because Arnold has a group of actors that I think they're all credible as being equals. And I think they all do a good job together. Well, yeah, you brought in a whole bunch, a stable of actors who basically had to look like they're badasses and most of them really were in real life <laughs> the, the, one, yeah. the, the one exception is uh god I'm, I'm blanking on his the name the guy with the horrible jokes the guy with the horrible jokes the screenwriter uh, god what's his name shane why am i blanking shane black shane black who's actually directing the new predator coming out next year or in 2018 he's the one person who seems a little bit out of place but even he doesn't seem out of place he just seems like hey every group's got to have like kind of a a joker and that's the role he plays in it what did you guys think all right the the, the notor- notorious like this was jean-claude van damme's one of his first roles and he quit after two days uh he was playing the predator in a really has anybody seen the documentary showing the original predator suit Mm-mm. no wow i'm the only one it it's a it's well it was it was green because they were going to do special effects and stuff over it but it's really short <laughs> and the idea was that possibly that the predator was going to be very nimble and would and um, uh, yeah a Belgian ninja yeah <laughs> so and um, that's what I think of when I think of aliens. <laughs> that also would have trouble speaking English like the main cast did, but, uh, and that it, uh, it had kind of like this weird, like, I don't want to say sea monkey type head that just, it, there, there's a stills of it. I've seen a video of it, of the, the, on the making of it. And then he quit after two days and they, they, they realized at the time this just wasn't working and that they had to redesign the predator. And they, uh, brought in, uh, Stan Winston to redesign the Predator for the essentially the climactic battle, and they had to go back and reshoot some of the single Predator scenes. There's very little that remains of the, that they basically put the, the uh, camouflage special effect over uh, in the film that Van Damme actually did. But he he was in a hot suit in Puerto Vallarta weather and was miserable pretty much. And when he realized that he wasn't going to get the screen time that he wanted, apparently he quit. Or the FaceTime, right? Well, he was going to get no FaceTime because right, exactly. <laughs> so, what do you have to tell me? What's a sea monkey? Is that like a <laughs> seahorse? Uh, I, I don't know. What you said, the, the, you said the, it had a head like a sea monkey, and I, I you just like you've lost me. No, What's the, that it's in here. What are they? Brine shrimp, or what is that? That you? Yeah, put? it's little tiny shrimp that you uh, add them to water, and they'll hatch in a couple of days. It's a little junk toy for kids in the United States. <laughs> but they but they draw like uh, water monkeys yeah for on the, the box in the box that you know that they're not that's not what they are they're really like Brian like little tiny Brian shrimp but yeah they, they have but the the advertisement is these little creatures with weird heads and stuff like that Got well it. I'm glad that um, predator didn't <laughs> turn out to be like a miniature prawn <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. We call them prawns, too, by the way, not shrimp. Swinging from the trees with the multiple legs and things like that. A little antennae. Start with Shane on this one. What did you think of... Uh, this is a pretty straightforward story. I mean, it's not overly complicated. You don't think about a lot of the details in it, but uh, what did you think of the story in this? Yeah, I, I think it's like a war movie, just disguised in in sort of modern times in the yeah. jungle and with a sci-fi element. I, I'm not sure that we needed to see that opening credit shot of the, you know, the spacecraft and then delivering something that landed on Earth. I thought that could have been kept more of a mystery because you don't see the Predator for quite some time. You just see it through the Predator's eyes and the heat vision or whatever you want to call that. But I thought the story was okay. I mean, it had that sort of twist in it 
where it went one way at the start. You thought it was just going to be routine, and then it turned into the sci-fi battle between the, the Dirty Dozen or whatever you want to call them, that type of group. Yeah, I thought it was good. I like Bill Duke. I thought he plays a great part. That dry shaving really always got to me. I'm thinking, <laughs> why does he keep doing that? His, his um, whiskers can't be growing that fast. No, I, I thought the story was okay. I just, I, I have, pro- I have problems with other things in it that, that move along through it. But we can talk about that as we go. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with Shane. It, it's sort of like Rambo meets alien or aliens you know <laughs> it's a I, to me the, the the story isn't that great but it's filmed beautifully if i can use that word i mean i think it's 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 just visually stunning i remember it certainly was when you put it in the the context of 1987 and i think that and and as as previously mentioned the ensemble the ensemble cast made it work yeah more than the story itself well yeah it's just a basic horror movie i mean he had done what commando two years before (laughs) right you know so i mean this is just kind of what he got pigeonholed into and i think this is a better one you know like i said before because it's a little bit more ensemble I'll, i'll admit that um i think i wanted to see this just as much for jesse ventura at the time as what? i did uh arnold schwarzenegger were you a big wrestling fan back then yeah i was a wrestling fan back then so yeah i uh i wanted to see him in a film so i i don't have a problem with the story it's a basic it's simple it's not a challenging film it's pretty much not going to surprise or stun you at any moment in this film but you know it's popcorn fair it's an enjoyable uh how long was this an hour and a half hour and 45 minutes so not a whole lot to it and it holds up for that yeah very fast paced too yeah exactly yeah there's not a lot of waste in this film although i agree with something shane said that i think they should have kept out that whole alien ship approaching earth at the beginning of the film yeah yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, you know, Hollywood does this frequently that, that they think their audience is so dumb, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that they wouldn't be able to get it without spoon feeding it to them. And I and I agree. It, it, the, the, the more skilled filmmakers, the more skilled screenwriters and directors would have kept that scene out, even if it was in the screenplay. I'm like, we don't need it. Well, I don't know if it's more skilled. It's just more daring in the fact that that uh, you're going to let your audience take this journey essentially of the characters that yeah. what is hunting them we don't have any idea and you get little you get little clues you know it's like picking right. up the scorpion and seeing that kind of yeah. clawed hand and it would have mm-hmm. been ooh what is what is stalking them and and uh, I don't know I I do remember when this was marketed because I knew what it was about before seeing it was they were marketing it as a you know Arnold versus the alien that's what they were that was the marketing campaign so they weren't hiding it in any way shape or form so it wasn't dis- disappointing but it was interesting that you know I kind of watched this even though this is R rated kind of watched it with my 7 year old cuz I don't really think there's any, other than a little bit of language there's not really anything that bad i mean there's some there's a little bit of gore to it but not too bad there's gun on plant violence yeah a lot of that you know <laughs> we're hurting mother earth yeah yeah yada yada gotcha but you know that's what ke- that's what kept him involved. But I was wondering if I would have just put this in and not shown him that o- opening sequence, um, how long his interest was going to be because he was waiting. When's the alien going to be there? When's the alien going to be there? And it was like, ah, you know, it, it takes a while. And and then once he was saw- he bothered by the the bloody bodies, or did you tell him not to look at that point? He wasn't that bo- bothered by it. Um, okay. He was more bothered about. By the, what about when Carl, Carl Weathers loses an arm? That's kind of fairly graphic. It didn't, you know, that didn't bother. The one thing that I think that bothered him was the the scene where he reaches into uh, Billy's back, pulls out the spine and his skull, and then you see you mm-hmm. see it in a distance, but you know the oh, implication yeah. that he's ripping the body apart. I think he was more bothered by that scene than anything else. Those skinned bodies laying uh, hanging up upside down weren't pretty either. They no. were. That was very good a realism there with the special effects department. And you mentioned the cinematography. That was actually an Australian who did the cinematography, Don McAlpine. Oh, Thought really? I'd give that a No, it's beautifully shot. It's. It was very interesting the fact that a couple of years later I went to Puerto Vallarta and it was – 
and I was very cognizant of the fact that that's where a predator was shot. And at one point we took a, a tour or a hike into the jungle and it was like, wow, this really does look like predator. It, it was a very, uh, I'm waiting for something to jump out of the bushes any, at any moment now, but it was, it was interesting. It was, it was like going on to a set. There are times in Predator, though, when you're talking about when they're in that deep part of the jungle, that the plants just looked fake. Like, yeah, I could tell. And, I mean, I know there's doing, they're doing a lot of blasting and shooting of just nothing, plants and trees and explosions. But even back then, I don't think uh, they were real. I just That's something I always noticed when I watched this film, especially yeah. some close-ups that were just too shiny and too fake. Uh, having been in Puerto Vallarta jungle, uh, it looked pretty much the same. There were a lot of shiny plants. It rains a lot. It, there's no description for the amount of rain that I experienced for the week I was there. It rains a lot. Okay. Well, maybe the film crews back then didn't care about the care of flora and fauna and no. did use real, <laughs> blow up real plants. Uh, I think they probably blew up some real plants. I really do. Although in the jungle, how long do you think it would take for the, those plants to grow back? Not, yeah, that's true. Not very long. Not very long yeah. at all. Uh, yeah, Alan, Alan Silvestri was the composer. I thought the music was military style, but very 80s action style. Kind of a Rambo, very similar to that. Yeah, yeah it was good. It, it fit. Um, the, the, a lot of testosterone. I mean, as a teenager this was the movie i mean that that mid-air arm wrestle that dylan and dutch had set it all off i mean things like that were very cool back then now i just sort of raise my eyebrows a bit chris anything on the music well the music didn't really uh didn't really stand out to me but i think it, it fit with the theme something that i noticed is you know because they're used they're wearing military gear you really can't place the time that this film would take place honestly i mean did you guys think that the clothing and such look dated uh watching it you know for this podcast no not at all no no yeah i mean you know military gear doesn't isn't really for fashion of course but that that's something that a lot of times when we watch these 80s movies i'm sitting there watching it for the nostalgia value of seeing everything that's of the 80s that's gone by but this uh this actually uh, could take place today, and I don't think you would you would even think twice about it. Well, there was a Sanyo boombox with uh, Long Paul <laughs> Sally playing. Oh yeah, by yeah, Concerset. Right. <laughs> yeah, that that so was very true. Few and, 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 and Little Richard, the, the original Little Richard, not not the Beatles version. Which is interesting. Probably probably for the rights. <laughs> <laughs> true. Uh, Little Richard's is much better than the Beatles anyway. Yeah. <laughs> One of the few Why times... Why is that, that Shane? Because <laughs> the Beatles are overrated. Oh, someone had to go there with him. <laughs> well, you asked. You, you prompted me. <laughs> yeah, much like George Lazenby. Much like George Lazenby. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. What about... The, this is the heyday of John McTiernan. Uh, I mean, he kicks off a string of films with this film that very few directors have success on. This one, followed by Die Hard in 88, then Hunt for October in 89. And what did he do in 90, Shane? I know you probably know it off the top of your head. John McTiernan, 1990? Yep. Yeah. Oh, shit, you've got me uh, on the hop. Don't know. <laughs> okay. I mean, before Red October? Uh, no, that was... Oh, no, actually, that is 90. It came out... Was it 90 or did it come out in 89? I feel like it's 90. And maybe it came out early 90. Last Action Hero or... Oh, that's 92. Then that's not heyday. That's the, that's that's the not good. That's the downfall. <laughs> Those are the cocaine years of John McTiernan. That's... <laughs> I can't think of I can't think of anything else of significance because he really did go downhill. He might have done Medicine Man with um, Sean Connery, but I can only think of Die Hard, then Hunt for Red October as being the huge box office hits. Uh, actually, you're right. Medicine Man he doesn't do anything. It's Hunt for October is 1990, so that's early 1990. Then Medicine Man, Last Action Hero, those the, the, already in. That's where he's starting to go into a death spiral. Uh, does die hard with a vengeance gets a little bit of of a bump there then 13th warrior 
Although he does do Thomas Crown Affair. I like that one. I really do like that version of it. But then Rollerball and Basic. Ugh. Not good. Um, Bruce Bruce Willis came to Australia to promote Die Hard with a Vengeance. And I remember when he did back then, even then, I remember the interview in all the interviews, he was saying, oh, how we've got the original director back from Die Hard and it's going to be, you know, back to how great the original was. And he directed Predator. And, yeah, obviously Die Hard with a Vengeance wasn't as good as Die Hard, but... Yeah, Bruce Willis did make a point of telling everyone how great John McTiernan was as a director that back in 95. Yeah, but I think I think he's a very good action director. I mean, Predator, uh, Die Hard, even Die Hard with a Vengeance is not a bad version compared to what came after that one. And Hunt for October, it's a more of a cerebral action film, but there's some action in it. Those are all really good films. And Hunt for October has an element of suspense to it as well that that is similar to Predator, which could have been played better if you'd cut out that first sequence, you know. But it was, it's, I, th- I think he's a, it's, and he's still alive now and he hasn't done anything in 14 years, but he's, I, I think he's one of the best action directors probably of all time. And he's, he just doesn't get his, do uh, because he hasn't done anything it for a long time and a hunt for red october is a pretty much a, a pretty good cult film at this point too i would say more so than his other films i don't I oh, it's terrific yeah it's it's it is the best jack ryan film ever made so far you know that mm-hmm. and i like the harrison ford and i like the harrison ford versions but that one is really really good and very suspenseful and it kind of like a ship in a bottle. It very much captures that Cold War era of the 1980s that you just don't see anymore. Well, you sort of saw it in Atomic Blonde recently. That was a great Cold War action film. I haven't seen it yet. So thank you for spoiling it for me, Shane. <laughs> oh, I didn't think it was a secret. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's all about the Berlin Wall in the trailer. Oh, okay. I, I haven't even seen the trailer for it. I want to see the film. That's... I'll put it on Voodoo and watch it. Well, after Hunt for Red October, obviously the only reason Medicine Man got made was because of his relationship with um, Sean Connery. It wasn't the best of films from memory, and it certainly wasn't an action movie. No, it was not an action film. He was, t- he was trying to branch out. And then, of course, he reunites with Schwarzenegger for Last Action Hero, which was, oh. Uh, <sighs> why, why would they even go there? That was a money grab. There that, that was nothing good about that film. <laughs> that came out. Didn't didn't that clash with Jurassic Park? And everyone thought Last Action Hero was going to be the big one for the summer, yeah. or for the U.S. summer, and it ended up being taken over by Jurassic Park. Yeah, well, because Arnold had made T two just shortly, you know, a year or so before yeah. that, and was on top of the world, and he 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 chose a, a film that was daring but kind of poked fun of the character that he typically plays in the film and i don't think the audience wanted to take that journey with him that's what it came down to it just no i like you when you're a badass i don't like you when you're a badass being made fun of for being a badass in this kind of like very meta type role and it was just weird is the best and then he follows it with true lies now we're really branching out the subject of predator but he follows it with true lies and then after that it's that's the end of like the heyday of schwarzenegger well he kind of found more success with uh comedy he had a run of twins and kindergarten cop weren't they i know junior was just atrocious but i think comedy kind of built back up his status from an action hero well but kindergarten cop and twins came in the middle of just these huge, the, the huge Schwarzenegger hits. I mean, you have Predator, uh, Twins, I think, comes out in 88, the very next year, 89. He does, actually, I think he it doesn't release a film in 89. I think it's 90. We have Total Recall, which is huge, and Kindergarten Cop, which is huge. Uh, and then, then he follows that with T2. And that's a huge film for, I mean, it's, it, it takes him to a different stratosphere. And... It, it was like junior is where he really starts to go downhill, falls it with jingle all the way end of days. And then you get into like collateral and not collateral, collateral damage. Um, not the, not the Tom Cruise one, but the other one. And jingle all the way has become a bit of a Christmas favorite, believe it or not. Over the years, people 
like that film, and it's a top seller every Christmas. Well, at least it is down under. I know there's a lot of people that watch it on a regular basis. Not in America. (laughs) (laughs) They would rather him uh, watch him as Mr. Freeze in Batman and Robin than Jingle. Yeah, actually, that's true. I would rather watch him as Mr. Freeze in Batman and Robin. Well, one of the worst roles, other than Mr. Freeze, that people forget about that Arnie did was in Around the World in 80 Days film nobody saw with jackie chan yeah that was he has a small role in that and that that equals mr freeze as you know as his worst role (laughs) (laughs) all right uh what about else about predator what are we not talking about i have um as an adult watching it again and knowing how much i loved it and and always it was as at working at the video shop it was one of like the top renters even the making of had its own video rental so you could actually rent that separately it was that popular looking at it now the traps that they set are like home alone they're like boy scout traps i wasn't convinced like what in that whole like montage sequence of like yeah yeah and the music and they're all putting it together and i mean i know they were just working with what they had but that and the self-destruct button that the Predator has, you know, was it nuclear? Because we did see the mushroom cloud, and if that's the case, it wasn't really brought up. You know, you think <laughs> yeah. that Arnie, Arnie wouldn't have survived. Right. That, that, he was in the know, chopper. <laughs> no, he was in the river. That's what he was in. Oh, that's where he was. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. No, that, that's a good yeah. point. Like, every, I've already, oh, the Predator uses a, a nuke at the end. Well, he doesn't use a nuke because he would have vaporized anything within, like, yeah, a few, I don't know, 10 or 20 miles. And Arnold is pretty muscle-bound, but he does not travel at the speed of light, that's for sure. And he just dove behind a tree That's or a tree stump. That was all that, that was at that point in time. So, yeah. So are these some of the problems you have with the film, Shane? Yeah. Yeah, just as an older viewer. I'm noticing these and at the time loving it so much 30 years ago, I didn't, you know, look into it as much, but now I do, I guess. Yeah. Plus, and then this form of intelligent life travels through space to come to earth to swing in trees. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't he go to the urban jungle? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Yeah. It's just a little odd. Well, but it's, you know, it's okay. But, that, I mean, it's just, it's the way you just accept it. <laughs> Chris, that's Predator 2. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Predator 2. I was going to ask if anyone oh, yeah. seen uh, that. But, I mean, why did, this is this goes back to what I said at the start, why did we have to see that space scene before the credits? He, it could have not been from space, this creature. just right. could have been it a deformative uh, Amazon or whatever Cambodian creature. I mean, it's great for the sequels, but it, it could have worked from that. Um, the creature from the Black Lagoon, you know, that, that wasn't from space. You could know, have a been a radioactive of, uh, chameleon. Yeah. Yeah, anything like that. I mean... With lasers? Uh, I, with yeah, <laughs> freaking lasers. Yeah, with lasers, yeah. And the helmet, it can't see without the helmet on, I don't think, or it needs glasses without the helmet because it it uses the helmet for sensory stuff and then he's not as he's battle he can't battle as hard as he can when he's not wearing the helmet i noticed well yeah and and, and dutch the last thing dutch you know schwarzenegger says to the alien is what the hell are you which again giving giving credence to the idea of maybe it would have been better if they kept this more of a mystery yeah, I think that would. I mean, it it seems like the film, was you know, the geared. origin of the of the creature. Yeah, it seems it would have it would have played so much better for suspense, as well as you know this watching it as the audience from the viewpoint of one of the characters that are being hunted. Essentially, is you don't get the, you don't get a resolution at the end of this film. No, uh, uh, other than the fact that. If you didn't see that first sequence with the spaceship, I mean, you, you probably would presumed it came from some other planet, but you you don't get the confirmation, and neither does he. Neither does that character. You know, it's just right. like you were chasing me, you were trying to kill me, and what are you? You know, and and then it, the eeriness of it saying it back to you, like, what the hell are you? You know, right. 
Well, Chris said it. The, the lasers. If I guess that that's a dead giveaway that it's futuristic or out of space yeah. of some kind. But if it didn't have the lasers and it just had its own bazooka and machine gun or something, then you wouldn't know. But again, how it could have been supplied, the guns and the ammo from that. You know, we saw that uh, group of uh, mercenaries at the start that originally Dutch and his crew were going to blow up and. So they could have worked around it without it being science fiction. Could have been an American commando gone rogue, and their uh, and the government wants them to hunt down this predator, but they don't want uh, them to know that it's their uh, machinery, their weaponry. Yeah. All right. So I have a question for you guys. Now that we've talked about this ad nauseum, now this is a hit film for you know twelfth highest grossing film of uh, nineteen eighty seven. And this has been followed by two literal sequels and then two kind of morph sequels with the Alien franchise. None of them have been as successful. None of them have been as well received. So what is the hook of this film? Is it The Predator or is it Schwarzenegger? And why haven't the sequels been? Is, 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 if it's Arnold, is that why the sequels haven't been successful other than the fact that they suck? <laughs> I, I just, I, I, you know... Even though we've talked about how some of the, the, the story is pretty derivative, you know, you could say Commando Rambo type movies mixed with, you know, the war war movies in the jungle mixed with aliens. But there was just something about this movie that distinguished it from all the other kind of action pictures that were going on at the time. And there were quite a few of them and some really good ones. And I think it's just it, there was enough originality about it. Uh, that distinguished it, and I think maybe that just can only happen once. But I do think that the, the even though the cast is basically just surviving in the jungle, and we're not you're not going to see fine acting in the movie. It, it was a very good cast. They were they were all very suited for the parts they were playing, and it was a very good on, on, ensemble as well. And obviously, very it filmed very well too. So. I mean, it was just one of those things where it can only happen once, and when you try to recreate it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be derivative and not as popular. Well, no, I, I think that's it right there. Timing's everything, and this just hit at the right time, and it had all the right elements for that year. And by the way, nineteen eighty-seven, I think, is an is an incredibly good year for film. Mm, so the yeah. fact that uh, this did so well that year, I think, says a lot about just how this resonated with people. And um, so I think that's why the subsequent sequels didn't do as well. And then, you know, like the Alien versus Predator franchise, um, while the first one I thought was kind of enjoyable, um, I think it suffered from the same thing that when I saw Freddy versus Jason or all these films where the the protagonists and antagonists are pretty much 100 percent skilled and you can't defeat them. You know, like Freddy versus Jason, neither one can die. And so they just kept going at each other like they were jousting back and forth. And, you know, after a while, it's not as thrilling. So I don't think that in the the subsequent uh, Predator Alien films, there was uh, the the main character that you were rooting for had as much to lose. And, you know, uh, they're basically Alien versus Predator. They're they're both bad. They're they're both bad characters. And just which one do you prefer? as to which one you might uh, like more. So uh, I think that uh, this is just a combination, right time and right people. In 87, the hook was Arnold. That's why this movie was so huge. The human aspect as well. I mean, I don't remember the Predator being, that's why I want to see this movie. That, That Predator is just awesome. It was more Arnold, and we've come off the Rambo era in a way, they were huge movies in the military. I think that had just all lots to do with it. It was a big gung-ho action film full of explosions. Alien versus Predator, Chris and Requiem, both of them just terrible movies. I, I wouldn't even call them as – I'd call them spin-offs, not part of this franchise. Mm. Just, they were, and they were Fred- made for the diehard fans, basically. Exactly. They're fan service. Freddy versus Jason – just after five minutes, it's just fan service. They're not movies. They're just like cobbled together to keep um, the diehard Comic Con people happy. It, it, they're, they're not. They're not even written. The scripts aren't even written properly. But that said, Predator Two was a flop, and that's because Arnold wasn't in it. I, I believe that it might have 
gotten a lot more uh, box office if Arnie was there. I mean, it's not not really a good movie either, but it does have its elements. I just think the original Predator is Arnold all the way. That's the hook and 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 of the era. It was just that the type of movie that was doing very well at the time. It's well, like Die Hard and Die Hard Two. And Predators, the most recent one. I know we've got another one coming out, and I think it's a great move having Shane Black, not just because he was in this one, the original, but he's done some really great scripts in the past and some decent movies. He's been a director as well, of course. Uh, I think he'll breathe life into it and take Predator into a different angle for this new generation, I think. And But Predators with Adrian Brody, that got really bad reviews, but... I've watched it a few times, and it's not that bad. It's actually pretty good and worth re- re-watching if you've only seen it the once. Well, it, and it's probably the closest to this film in the fact yeah. that you put in a film full of badasses and and have them being hunted. That I, I think the Aliens versus Predator films, and, uh, and a little bit to a lesser degree Predator 2, suffer from the fact that you have too much of the Predator or the Aliens or whatever you want to be that... It, when you call it Alien versus Predator, those are the main characters, and then you're throwing in these, you know, the humans as kind of a subplot, and you don't really, as much as the audience may say, I want possibly want to see more Predator, I want to see more of the aliens. You don't really want to see more of the aliens. You don't really want to see more of the Predator. You want more films with them, but they do they do better and they're more effective for suspense purposes in smaller doses. And yep. when you have the story designed around what they're doing, it's not <laughs> suspenseful at all. And it's, you know, they don't communicate. And so you're pantomiming or having these human characters interpret what everybody, what these other characters are allegedly doing throughout. And it becomes very kind of, I don't want to say fan service like you, but it's basically you're spoon feeding it to me so that, oh, they're trying to take over the town. You know, like, well, yeah, I got that. They're, you know, they're aliens. They want to you know, breed and kill people and stuff like that. Predator two was just Danny Glover is just not a badass to me. He's never been a badass. I like him in lethal weapon, but he's not the badass character in lethal weapon. He's the, he's somewhat the comic relief and, and he just didn't seem to fit that role in, in that film. And I also didn't like the predator as much as Chris wanted in, in, in the urban jungle. I didn't like it in the urban jungle. I, I prefer it on the outskirts <laughs> a little bit more that it just didn't yeah. seem to work as much. And, and it was very long. And, and that one suffered horribly from coming out at a bad time of year, a horrible time of year that I was working in the movie theater when that came out and that came out within a week of dances with wolves home alone and oh god there was a third <laughs> film that came out but they were all huge films and we had each of those films was that on, goodfellas no goodfellas we didn't carry goodfellas but i know we had dance with wolves on two screens home alone on two screens we had something else on two screens and then we had predator in our smallest theater one screen and it was gone within like two weeks it was just because no one was going out to see it at that time didn't have arnold and came out at in right there in the middle of the you know right before Thanksgiving holiday season and just got swallowed up by all this bigger competition. So Arnold would have done Total Recall as opposed to coming back for Predator Two then because that was nineteen ninety. Correct. And and, and I don't good, know good in choice. my yeah my research I don't know I'd heard I I know years ago I read something that they had written a smaller portion a small part for his character to come back towards the tail end of that film is kind of almost like that commando group because of his experience with the predator before and he didn't it wasn't designed around him so he wasn't interested and i've also read where the shane black the the predator because that's what the new film is called the predator coming out in 2018 is that they offered arnold to come back for a role and he turned it down because he said it's essentially a cameo and I don't want to do that. Although he'll go and cameo around the world in 80 days, he won't do that in The Predator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame because his ego then was massive. I, Stallone and him had the biggest egos they've ever had during this time, I believe. During Predator 2 time or? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Like, because that, exactly, you said it, Patrick, that if he didn't accept a cameo because the focus wasn't on him, I mean, that's because of an ego, <laughs> I would say. Ego and maybe money. Well, yeah, I, I think probably, I think the reality of it is 
you give him enough money, he'll do a cameo. But that you give him enough money, it's going to affect the cost of the film to a point where they're going to have to cut it from someplace else. And they chose not to do that. So he walked away. And probably rightfully so. I don't know if anything would even a cameo by or a small part by Schwarzenegger at the end of that film would have made the film any better. Would have would have had more interest of, at the box office. It would have made a few more dollars with his name attached. Oh, sh- sure. If you throw sure. him in a little little vignette in the the advertisement. All right, let's go around the table. Uh, Predator. Did you like it back then? Which sounds like we all did. And does it stand the test of time, Greg? I liked it back then, and I enjoyed it, albeit with a little more critical eye, of course. Uh, but I still liked it. I think it stands the test of time. Chris? Yeah, I liked it then and now. I think I mentioned how, you know, with their clothing, it doesn't really date themselves. I think the boombox would be the only thing that really dates this movie. It's just popcorn fare. The story was never um, meant to be anything more than more than that, and uh, I enjoy it. Shane? I loved it then. I like it now. I just don't know if I could still regard this as a classic. I was lucky enough to see it again on the big screen for the first time since 1987. A couple of months ago, Arnold uh, turned 70. So a cinema near me had like a screening of Predator. And it was good to see on the big screen again. But all those little bits and pieces of flaws I was picking up on and I, I still really enjoy it, and it does stand at the test of time. It's better than any of the Predators to date. All right. I liked it back then. I, I loved it back then. I love it now, and I'm going to disagree with Shane. It's a goddamn American classic. That's all I can say. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it is a it is a I would almost say a, a perfect action movie that I, I don't as much as uh, the, the questions that Shane has is was that a nuke at the end? I don't care what it was. It was a big explosion. I obviously it wasn't a nuke. He would have died if it was a nuke. I, I, you know, they never say he nuked anything at the end. It's just what we perceive it as based off the mushroom cloud, but that can happen from a large explosion as well. Them pl- laying the traps. Yeah. It's a little home alone ish. My biggest problem when I watched that film, if I were to be critical of it is what if the fucking predator is sitting up in the tree, just watching you guys going, what the hell are you doing? You know, like I, I can see what you're doing. I, you know, and that always seemed to be the bigger hole in the, the plot to me is like, he's been stalking him the whole time. They're doing this out in the open. Why wouldn't he just see them laying the traps and avoid the traps? But obviously he didn't cause he fell into the trap. So voila. But I, I think this is... Was that when he was skinning one of his prizes, though? So he was distracted? Maybe. I don't, he took Blaine in the night, so maybe he was doing something <laughs> to Blaine someplace else. But I, 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 there's very few things about this film that I don't like. I really... It's, it's not for great acting. It's not for even a great story. It's just... It's a very simple story. It's just a version of the, the, the most dangerous game plot line. And as you guys have kind of pointed out, war films or westerns and a, with a tinge of science fiction that just works and works really really well and that's why it's so treasured and uh, remembered today despite being followed by at this point four really shitty sequels and that people are still wishing to see more of the predator and and i think that goes to the idea of what the predator is although i will agree with you guys that i think schwarzenegger was the draw that made this the box office success it is i think the cult nature of this is the fact of the the predator because Schwarzenegger started it, but he has not been a part of it for a long time since, and it continues to be popular. Although the Predator's film wasn't as bad as the Alien vs. Predator or Predator 2. And I'm very excited for Shane Black's version to see, because he is a good screenwriter. I do think he's a really good director, too. I'm just really bothered by the fact that you're not you didn't try to you didn't get Schwarzenegger back in some sort of capacity I think he's he's out there just begging to do sequels to all his old shit right now and the fact that he didn't want to do the Predator bothers me a little bit (laughs) it's like oh he's gonna go do triplets but you're not gonna do the Predator oh my god triplets sounds like a horrible idea you and you passed on the Predator Shane Black's keeping the uh, the sort of revelations of what's in the new script 
complete secret. So you never know. Like, there's not a lot out there that you can find what this new Predator is about. So I reckon Arnie might have, I mean, he worked with Shane Black in the original. Why wouldn't Shane Black at least attempt to get him? He's not going to tell anyone yet. That's I mean, they, they, movie studios probably wouldn't allow that. They'd want it to, you know, closer to the time to hook people in. But, <laughs> yeah, you never know. He might turn up. And I, and I would agree with you if Schwarzenegger didn't come out and just publicly blasted as saying, yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing a, a glorified cameo. He, there, there's No one was asking if he was in it because if he was in it, people would have announced it. And he came out just to say, yeah, they approached me, but I didn't do it. And that was when he was doing publicity for something in the last year. Um, but maybe you're right. Maybe the, the, he'll change his mind. He has. It's not like he's had a lot of success lately with the, the films he has been doing that he can... I hope so, because he's agreed to another Terminator movie. Oh, God. You know, <laughs> that in itself is becoming a farce. Linda Hamilton is returning, so in the new one. Yeah, well, uh, who James, knows what's James Cameron's there. involved, too, so at least I got something positive about that, is that... It's is it's spurring from an idea that he has of evolving these characters, but he's taking the idea that they had from the last film, where the skin on the on the Terminator yeah. still ages. Old. I didn't really like that idea in the last film, but you could just go and get someone else or just CGI Schwarzenegger. We've done it in the last two films. Why why not do it going forward? All right, that does it for this week's review of predator thanks again for joining us and listening to our little bi-weekly podcast if you've had a good time this fun doesn't have to stop here you can follow us on facebook at lunchtime movie review or on twitter at lunchtime movie on either facebook or twitter you can keep up on our written film reviews news on upcoming films and blu-ray releases and information on upcoming podcasts on the mhn podcast network including the golden age of the silver screen sunday seconds with the duke and movie house memories Again, if you've enjoyed yourselves and download us off either iTunes or Stitcher, make sure to rate our podcast on either one of those two platforms. And if you have a chance, write a short review of the podcast. Of course, we always like the reviews that are positive, but we appreciate any feedback that we can get from any listeners of the show. Well, that does it for this episode of Lunchtime Movie Review. Till next time, I'm Patrick. I'm Greg. I'm Shane. And I'm Chris. And we got to get out of here right now, and you guys are invited. podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only the theme music for lunchtime movie review fireworks is provided courtesy of alexander nakaranda at serpentsoundstudios.com under a creative commons attribution 4.0 license all original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the mhn podcast network lunchtime movie review and fuzzy bunny slippers entertainment llc unless otherwise noted I'm not sure who has the copyright for sea monkeys, though. Never heard of them.